All right, let's open in a word of prayer and then we'll get into our study this morning. Father God, we thank you this morning that we have uh, the opportunity as believers, as brothers and sisters in Christ to gather together to praise your name, to worship you. Father, I pray our lives every day will bring glory and honor to you by what we say, how we act. Father, thank you so much for your patience with me. And Father, we, we slip so often, and yet you still love us. You still hold us in your mighty right hand. And we thank you most of all for saving us. And Father, as we look to your word this morning through your Holy Spirit to, to learn what you want to teach us through your, your Spirit, that you would open our ears and help us to apply your word to each of our lives. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Our blind sister in the Lord wrote these words, Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy, His child and forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, His child and forever I am. I think of my blessed Redeemer, I think of Him all the day long. I sing for I cannot be silent. His love is the theme of my song. Every time I look at those words and I hear us singing it as a group, reminds me, can we ever thank God enough for salvation? This past week, uh, our middle son, Jesse, had surgery in Claremont um, on Monday and Tuesday. And I guess it was a testimony to me because he woke up from his first surgery on Monday and there was a nurse standing over him. And after he said, well, I'll take some steak and lobster, (laughs) he looked at the nurse and he said, If you died today, do you know where you would go? I'm thinking, wow. (laughs) She said, yes, I do. And And then he said, do you go to church? And she said, yes, I do. And then he said, do you have Jesus as your personal Savior? I'm thinking, wow. (laughs) And she said, yes, I do. And then they talked about some mission trips they had been on and kind of shared. Actually, it was a... Uh, mission strip to Honduras that Jesse had went to and, and this nurse had. And so there was that immediate fellowship, but you know what it took was that witness to share Jesus, that opportunity. Our salvation, our redemption is totally from God from start to finish. It's not of ourselves, it's a gift of God, not as a result of work so nobody can brag. There's no addition or P.S. to salvation because then it would be earned and then it wouldn't be a gift. Yet false teachers try to add something to God's perfect work of salvation to mislead and deceive people to thinking Jesus didn't mean it when he said in John 14:6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes under the Father but through me. I'm thankful it's not up to me to redeem myself, but all the glory and credit belong to God. We were slaves to sin, according to John 8.34. Jesus said to the Jews, Truly I say unto you, everyone who commits sin is 
the slave to sin. Deliverance, redemption was promised to God's people in Isaiah 42, 6 and 7, where it's recorded, I am the Lord, I have called you in righteousness. I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you, and I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those who dwell in darkness from the prison. As our deliverer, Jesus Christ, proclaimed in Luke 4:18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus Christ is salvation. Our redemption, freedom from sin, the bondage of sin is through Christ. John 8.36, so if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. We sing a song here, Lakeside, based on what we're going to be looking at this morning, Psalm 130. And that song, words, It talks about, out of the depths, O Lord, I cry to you when I am tempted to despair. Though I might fail to trust your promises, you never fail to hear my prayer. And if you judge my sin, I'd never stand again, but I see mercy in your hands. So more than watchman for the morning, I will wait for you, my God. When my fears come with no warning, in your word I'll put my trust. When the harvest time is over and I still see no fruit, I will wait, I will wait for you. And there's another verse as well, but we sing about that. We've been singing that song several times. And it's a reminder of what we're going to look at this morning in Psalm 130. Our redemption as believers, along with the redemption of the nation of Israel, is laid out for us in the book of Psalms. Psalm 130, and here we find four parts to understanding God's divine plan of redemption for the nation of Israel and for us as believers. Before we read this psalm and study it, we need to understand a little bit of Psalm 130, its background. What's the background of this psalm? We don't know the author or occasion of Psalm 130, though many attribute it to David as its author and the occasion linked to the disobedience of the nation of Israel. Martin Luther loved Psalm 130. He called it one of the Pauline Psalms. With the other Psalms, he put in that category Psalm 32, Psalm 51, and Psalm 143. He labeled these four psalms as Pauline psalms because of their offer of forgiveness by grace apart from human works. Also, Psalm 130 is the sixth of seven penitential psalms, the others being Psalm 6, Psalm 32, 38, 51, 102, and 143. Penitential psalm is one that expresses Heartfelt sorrow for sin. When we sin, does it hit us in our hearts? Or do we say, oh well, I'm forgiven, I'll just keep going. I messed up, so what? We need to remember the God we worship is holy. He's without sin. And apart from 
him sending his son to die on the cross for us, we would have no way to save ourselves. So now we come to Psalm 130, four parts to understanding God's divine plan of redemption in Psalm 130. Follow with me. Out of the depths I have cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you, that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul does wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waits for the Lord, more than the watchman for the morning, indeed, more than the watchman for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is loving kindness, and with him is abundant redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Let's pause for a word of prayer. Father God, we come to you this morning to Psalm 130. We ask your Holy Spirit to teach us and remind us that apart from you, there is no way to heaven. There is no redemption. Father God, as you chose the nation of Israel and worked with them from the start, Father, we know they've stumbled, but so have we so many times. And yet when we focus and we look to you, Lord, you are the answer. Father, as we have opportunities to share the gospel, as we have opportunities to share testimonies, whether it's coming out of surgery, whether it's with a neighbor, whether it's with somebody who cut us off as we're driving on Sunset Point, Lord, may you be magnified in our lives. That they look at us and they see a difference because they see Jesus in our lives. You make the difference. May that instill in all of us a new desire for the lost. I know many, many here have lost loved ones. We pray for them, Lord. But Father, sometimes our words are not taken with as much impact as maybe another Christian approaching that loved one who's lost. Father, pray for those opportunities that they would come. Encourage us this morning with this psalm. And I thank you for what you are doing and will do. In Jesus' name, amen. The first part that we're going to look at here in verses 1 to 3 is, we are lost in sin. It says, Out of the depths I have cried to you, O Lord, Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? Out of the depths. Depths speaks of great trouble, affliction. Anybody ever had that? Don't have to raise your hand. Being caught in dangerous and deep waters like a strong spiritual rip current. Pictured in Psalm 69, 1, Save me, O God, for the waters have threatened my life. I have sunk in deep mire. There's no foothold. I have come into deep waters and a flood overflows me. The psalmist is crying out. End of verse 1, beginning of verse 2, O Lord, Lord, to Jehovah, the name of the supreme God, 
expressing the faithfulness of God to all his purposes and praises. Like in Psalm 8.1, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Psalm 89.8, O Lord, God of hosts, who is like you, O mighty Lord? In Psalm 116.19, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. One man incarcerated in the Columbia Correctional Institute in Lake City, Florida, shares this testimony. His name is John Fulbright. When God opened my eyes, he entitles it, Since God opened my eyes to see the world as he sees it, since he opened my heart to experience love as he intended it, I'm in pure awe of his divine existence. I often reflect on the moment he reached into the depth of my soul and filled me with his eternal spirit, the moment he gave me a new name and called me as his own so I could brighten the world with the reflection of his son. I consider my own once unrepentant heart, my selfish ways and evil deeds that he's forgiven me. And I'm reminded of how undeserving I am of his saving grace and his unconditional love. I close my eyes and try to imagine who, what, and where I would be without his love. I would be desperate. I would be lost. I would be hopeless. I would be empty. Since God opened my eyes, I can live content with the knowledge that he's in control. Since he opened my heart, I can look at the man who wronged me and realize that he's just another lost sheep in need of a shepherd. Testimony of an inmate serving his time. We hear, answer, listen to my voice, noise, sound, a desperate cry here of the psalmist. To hear this plea for help, to cry out to God and say, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle it. I'm lost in my sin, headed to hell. And then it says, let your ears be attentive. This is a beggar's petition. Charles Spurgeon shares, though the psalmist was under a painful sense of sin, and so was in the depth, his faith pleaded in the teeth of conscious unworthiness. Or unworthy. Let your ears be attentive to what? To the voice of my supplications. These are prayers and cries for God to shower him with God's grace. In our state of sin, our only hope is God's grace because we know from Ephesians 2, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It's the gift of God. Verse 3 points out, because we're sinners before a holy God, we None of us could stand in our own merit. If the Lord marks, views, observes our wickedness, our sin, who could stand in Jehovah's presence? Psalm 76, 7 shares, You, God, even you are to be feared, and who may stand in your presence with once you are angry? Romans 3.10 tells us, As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. So the first part, we are lost in sin. The second part, we need God's forgiveness. Look with me at verse 4. But there is forgiveness with you 
that you may be feared. That word but is saying here's, some, here's something we really need to focus on. There's forgiveness with God. Important as the psalmist is drowning, as we are drowning in our sins in the depths, that there is a forgiving God. God's forgiveness is for the present. That word is is not in the Hebrew, so it should read, with your forgiveness. That's a fact. God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness is for those who confess and repent of their sin. We're sinners. And I think as we have opportunities to witness, that is something that is very hard to get over because what does the world say? Be prideful. You're number one. Just care about you, not anyone else. And so for us to humble ourselves and say we are sinners, I am hopeless except through what Jesus Christ did upon the cross and that he's the only one who can save us. As I was going through this study, I was reminded here of something written by Renee, Renee Castro. She's serving time in Chachilla, California. And here's what she said about God's warm embrace. Day after day, time slowly ticks by, alone in my cell, wondering, why did I get high? I've lived a life so reckless, selfish, that's for sure. My heart now torn to pieces, a pain I must endure. Pleading for forgiveness for all the pain I've put others through. The heartache and sorrow I wish I could undo. Many sleepless nights my conscience troubled me. I desperately wondered, will I ever be set free? Searching for the answers, I knelt down on my knees to pray. O Lord, will you forgive me and help me find my way? His loving arms around me, holding me so tight, I knew then and there everything would be all right. Do we ever need a hug from God? God just to surround us with his loving arms. And say, I'll see you through. I will not desert you. I will not forsake you. No one can snatch you out of my hand. I will see you through. And I was sharing with a brother earlier today. I used to say, take it a day at a time. Now what I say, take it a step at a time. (laughs) Days can be long. Amen. But a step at a time. That means we hang on to the Lord because he's hanging on to us. Even when we let go, He's still got us. And that's what we need to keep showing our faith in Him alone. God's forgiveness leads to a godly life. God's forgiveness of our sins leads to a a respect, a fear for God. That a holy God would even care about us. So much, so much love that He sent His Son to die upon the cross in our place. Forgiveness leads to love, worship, and service. Every day we should wake up and say, Lord, how can I serve you? And you know where it's hardest to serve? In our families. Say, well, I can go help them, but what about my family? I know God really brings conviction on me all the time. You know, it's as a chaplain, 
trying to, to minister to other people, but my family too needs that. And sometimes I don't do that. Now God says, I'll help you with that. Whatever we struggle with, God says, I'll help you through that. I'm always reminded we have one opportunity to live on this earth for the Lord. One time. We don't come back. I don't believe in that reincarnation all that. I heard that all the time at the jail from some of these other groups. We have one opportunity to walk on this earth with the Lord. We are ambassadors of the King of Kings. We represent Jesus. And Jesus doesn't say, well, you're doing a poor job representing me. I'm done with you. Now he says, I'll help you to be like Jesus, to be like my son. For the nation of Israel, it was God's forgiveness when they turned their backs on God in rebellion through idolatry many times. For Christians, it's forgiveness of our sins based on the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins. We should rejoice about that every day. Our eternity is secure. Our everlasting time from the time we're saved forever is secure. You know why? We've got God's Word. We can look at this psalm and we can be encouraged. We as lost sinners, we need God's forgiveness. We have these words from Ephesians 1.7, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. Acts 13.38, Therefore let it be known to you, brethren, that through Jesus forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Our God is a forgiving God. I'm thankful every day he doesn't throw in the towel. doesn't say I'm done with you. I'm not going to work through you anymore. I'm not going to use you anymore. Every day that we wake up this morning, when we woke up, God has a purpose for everybody here as believers. And I pray everyone here is a brother and sister in Christ. We have a purpose. God said, I want you on this earth today. You say, well, I don't know why. Why? The opportunities are everywhere. But I know for myself, we have to start looking at things through God's eyes and say, Lord, where can I do something? Where can I serve you? Maybe it's a word of encouragement to somebody. Maybe it's somebody we've been praying for and it's going good so far. You know what happens a lot of times? The, we get through that crisis and we quit praying. Why? <laughs> All of a sudden, when, our, when God answers that prayer, maybe it's through surgery, maybe it's through getting another job, whatever it might be, that we quit praying. Do all our problems quit then? We have new problems every day? Do we? Am I the only one? I see a couple of others. We have problems every day, don't we? we? We need each other's prayers. Because the one who always has the answer is who? It's Jesus. It's God. He always has an answer. And we're in His care. We should praise God that John 3.16 is true. And that's why that, that verse, I know it's used over and over again, but in Awana, that's the Sparks key verse that we try 
to not only get the kids to memorize it, but to understand it. Because to me, that has the gospel there in, in one verse. If God would have never sent Jesus, and they're three in one, do I understand all that? No, but I take it by faith. But out of love to send Jesus to die in my place? And I'm on a road to hell, and Jesus says, I, I, I'm going to save you someday before we were born. And if you ever wonder if God knows everything going on, read Psalm 139 again. I read that about every week. God knows our thoughts before we think them. Wow. And he has time for me. He has time for you. We never wear out or welcome with God. So we are lost in sin. We need the forgiveness of God. And the third part, the third part is through hope in his word. Look with me at verses 5 and 6. I wait for the Lord. My soul does wait. And in his word do I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than a watchman for the morning. Indeed, more than the watchman for the morning. Hope in his word. You notice there, it says there in verse 5, three times it says in these verses, wait. Oh, we love to wait, don't we? Am I the only one sometimes gets in a hurry? Lord, I really need that answer immediately. And God says, no. I want you to wait because you know when we're waiting, we're learning that word that starts with the P we don't like. What is it? Patience. Patience. Oh, my. Don't start down that road. God, we want it immediately. God says, no, you will wait. But while we're waiting, we're looking to his word. We have the complete word of God. Most of us have many copies. This is precious. This is something we can open any time in our country. We have that freedom Places around the world we hear all the time don't have that freedom. But we have that freedom to open the Word and to study it and to allow God to teach us through it. We need to wait. That word wait, original meaning, as it's used here in Psalm 130, means to trust, hope strongly, waiting steadily and patiently till it comes to pass. It's used in Psalm 39.7. And now, Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. We need to learn to wait because God's word is truth that we can depend on. Psalm 119.142. And your law is truth. And then verse 151. And all your commandments are truth. Verse 160. The sum of your word is truth. And then we're reminded in John 17, 17, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. We have the truth in God's word. What a precious gift God has given us. We wait on God who has forgiveness waiting, but because we're sinners... We can't approach God on our own. As God's children, we are forgiven because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. 
He chose us to be recipients of his salvation. Reminder of the power of God's word, poem written by an inmate, accepting the gift. This is written by Steve Marshall, who's serving a 20-year sentence in Dallas, Texas, at the Dallas County Jail, accepting the gift. Surrounded by walls, feeling crazed and confined, confounded in halls like a maze in design. Defined by the crimes I commit and frustration, suspended in time by my mind's isolation. Collections of memories trapped in the glass, reflections as dark as the shadows I cast. The past is an illusion and freedom a dream, conclusions as hopeless as destiny seems. Accepting the gift, wiping tears from my eyes, I read As Christ preaches and suffers and dies, I read and believe in the Lord's resurrection. I feel the warm glow of God's love and protection. With newfound perspective on my situation, I fall to my knees and I pray for salvation. I thank God for Jesus and all that he gave. With the help of a friend, my soul has been saved. I'm glad God does the saving. It's not dependent on me to keep it. It's not for me to earn it, but it's all Him. All I can do is receive it. Charles Spurgeon shares this, For God I wait and for Him only. If He will manifest Himself, I shall have nothing more to wait for. But until He shall appear for my help, I must wait on hoping even in the depths. That's faith. James Montgomery Boyce adds this, Notice that the forgiveness does not depend on his feeling forgiven. He is forgiven whether he feels it or not. Because he has asked God for it and God has promised to forgive. Now he wants the intimacy with God that should and will follow and he's waiting for it. We have our, I hear all the time, Facebook and all that, BB something, best friend or whatever. Our best friend should be Jesus. He's our creator. He's our savior. He walks with us every day. He never lets go of us. And instead of turning him as a last resort, we should turn to him as a first resort. Say, Lord, If we've strayed, we say, I need to grab onto you again. The Lord says, I'm right here. I've never left. Our hope is in God's word, and someday our hope will be reality, and our salvation will be complete as we're ushered through heaven's gates. Titus 2.13, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. Hebrews 6.19, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil. More than a watchman for the morning, it concludes here, John MacArthur says, it's probably referring to shepherds with a night watch which ends with the sun rising. We are lost in sin. We need God's forgiveness. And through hope in his word, now we come to the fourth part. 
Hope for redemption. Hope for redemption and salvation. Look with me beginning at verse 7. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is loving kindness. With him is abundant redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. As the psalmist here reminds Israel, he reminds us, hope in the Lord. Speaks of patiently waiting, expecting, earnestly desiring the Lord because with the Lord there is loving kindness. There's that unfailing love and mercy. As commentator Matthew Henry shares, mercy is with him, not only inherent in his nature, but it's his delight. He delights to show us his mercy. How often has God shown the nation of Israel his mercy and unfailing love, even when they turned to idols so often and disobeyed God's word? Then I think how often has God shown his mercy and unfailing love to us? That prideful spirit we often parade, our anger when God doesn't bless our plans, or that stubborn streak that pushes God to one side so often. Praise God for his unfailing love. It just keeps coming. We sing a song here. Quite often it's called All My Hope. I've been held by the Savior. I felt fire from above. I've been down to the river. I ain't the same. A prodigal return. All my hope is in Jesus Thank God that yesterday's gone. All my sins are forgiven. I've been washed by the blood. I'm no stranger to the prison. I've worn shackles and chains, but I've been freed and forgiven, and I'm not going back. I'll never be the same. That's why I sing, all my hope is in Jesus. Thank God my yesterday's gone. All my sins are forgiven. I've been washed by the blood. I pray everyone... And sing that song from the heart. Hope in the Lord because not only is he showing loving kindness, which is abundant, but redemption is through him. Redemption means to ransom, to deliver, to set free, to loose. For us, God sent Jesus to pay the ransom for our salvation. He paid the price for our sins so we could be saved. Ephesians 1.7 says, In Him, in Jesus, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Verse 8 concludes, And He, God, will redeem, will deliver, set free Israel from all His iniquities. James Montgomery Boyce shares this, At this stage in the unfolding of God's revelation, The psalmist may not have understood exactly how forgiveness could be provided by God. We can understand this redemption because it's been accomplished by Jesus Christ and because its meaning has been explained in the Bible. The wages of sin are death, but Jesus took that death in our place, bearing sin's full punishment so that God can forgive us freely And we can be freed from sin's power. That's what we need to be sharing 
with the unsaved around us, whether it's a loved one, whether it's a neighbor, whether it's someone that God brings our way, whether it's waking up from a surgery and testifying to a nurse or a doctor. And one thing that does bring up my mind when the surgeon came out and when he was talking with us about Jesse's surgery, he said, I've been praying about this ahead of time. He said, keep praying. And then when he came out after the second surgery, we asked, how did it go? And he said, it went beautiful. <laughs> I'm not used to that. Wow. We testify by what we say, how we act, the words we use. Say, well, people misinterpret. So what? We need to be responsible that how we say it is being blessed by God so it has the impact that it brings honor and glory to God, whatever our words are. We've been freed from sin's power. We're on the narrow road. We're walking with Jesus every day. You say, well, there's rough days, but God still got a hold of us. He's not let go of anyone of his children. He can't because God cannot lie. When he makes a promise, it's truth. So we've seen this morning four parts to understanding our redemption. They include we're lost in sin. Secondly, we need the forgiveness of God. Thirdly, through hope in His Word. And finally, comes hope for redemption, comes hope for salvation. Praise God, Jesus endured the cross and He rose again the third day so we could be saved. Israel, God's chosen nation, disobey God's law often, yet someday they will accept Jesus as their Messiah. From this psalm, we have a picture of God's ultimate plan of redemption. But first comes that recognition that we're lost in sin, and outside of Jesus, we have no hope. But through Jesus Christ's death upon the cross, we have salvation. Let's share the gospel with the unsaved around us. I know I have to remind myself, too, that When God prompts us to witness, to share the gospel, to share a testimony with someone, that soul, if they don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and they don't have a relationship with Him, they're going to hell forever. That should eat at us so much that, say, God, don't let another opportunity slip by. And when someone passes away, it's over. But when that person's still breathing and God brings an opportunity, you know God gives us the words to say. God gives us the scripture to share. God gives us the opening. Because I believe every day, everyone here as adopted into God's family, daughters and sons adopted into God's family gives us divine appointments. And every one of yours are different than mine. That's why if everybody was taking one opportunity a week and witnessing, I think we would see more and more of God's grace and power in working through us if that were to happen. So I just encourage you, I challenge you, I challenge myself anew. Witness and share the plan of salvation. We have it. We're on our way to heaven. 
Let's share that good news with those around us. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for Psalm 130, the encouragement there. Father, it shows us once again, without you, Lord, we can't even approach your throne. But because of Jesus Christ, we can boldly come in our time of need and cry out for grace and mercy. And you delight in giving it to us. Lord, thank you again for saving each one here. If there's one here who doesn't know he is their personal Savior, I pray you would speak to their heart. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.